Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. I've been thinking about this message for a little while, and uh, this, this idea came into my mind a couple weeks ago, and the idea is two words, but it's a big idea, and it's called embrace grace. Everybody say grace. grace. We're going to be talking about this word grace today. You know, grace is a gift, isn't it? Grace is really a gift that people can give each other, that God obviously has given us. And I know over the years I've see, received a lot of grace from people. People in this room, my, my parents, teachers at high school, lots of grace. They could have killed me multiple times uh, when I was in school. Um, but I remember back to a story, anybody like Olive Garden? I used to work at Olive Garden until this moment I'm about to tell you about. I'm just kidding. But on my very first day at Olive Garden, after training, and I had my, my own tables, my very first table, and my very first thing that I'm bringing to the table is two waters. Yeah. Good looking young couple there at the table, and I bring them water. I didn't just give them water. No. I dumped the water all over them. All over their table, all over their lap, all over their cell phones. They were really happy. The guy got up. The guy stood up. I may have told this story before or one like it. But this guy, the guy got up and he was mad. His face turned red in like a second. Right? He stands up and I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm sorry. It's my first day. And his, his girlfriend's kind of like, stop. I don't know what his name was, but we'll call him Jason, okay? I don't know. <laughs> stop. Stop. Don't, don't. And he was so mad. I got it all over his phone and him and his girlfriend. And so he was fine. He sat down and I kept taking the order. I come back. I bring the food. And after they left, the guy left me. A $20 tip for like a $30 meal. Come on. Yeah. The guy had some grace on me, didn't he? A lot of grace. He could have got really mad. Imagine if that would have been some other drink, right? But he had grace. We need to have, don't we have to have grace for people? Because we could, we could also be on the other side, right? We could be the one dumping the water on that person. You know, I remember when I was younger, um, I was the youngest of three growing up when my mom and dad were still together. I was about five or six years old, and we were eating at the dinner table, and I guess I was really loud. I was probably, in ask Tara, I was probably the loudest person in the house, and I was somehow bothering my brother and sister, and my mom and my brother and sister uh, kind of like gave the nod to my dad, okay, it's, it's spanking time. Anybody get spanked as a kid? Yes. Yeah, all the good people in there. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So they're all kind of like, okay, it's spanking time for this guy. So my dad, I, he tells me this actually this morning. We're talking through text. I'm like, tell me that story again. He's like, well, I didn't really think a spanking was warranted for that situation. Because he's like, you're just having, whatever the situation was, he's like, I, don't, I didn't think it was warranted. I think they were being a little bit too judgmental at the time. And I was the youngest and the favorite, right? And so my dad takes me into the living room, okay? We've got a couch. My dad has a belt. My dad takes the belt off. 
He's like, okay. And, and growing up, my name was Lanny. Everybody say Lanny. Because that's the last time I want to hear. I'm just kidding. But growing up, like Danny, but Lanny. So growing up, my name was Lanny, uh, my nickname. And so, um, so he's like, Lanny, when I, when I hit the couch with the belt, you scream. Like as loud, louder than you were at the table. Now, I don't know what kind of lesson my dad was teaching me that day. But I've been this way ever since. So I think it's all his fault. So we go into the living room. My dad gets his belt off. He's like, okay, ready? And so he just hauls off and just nails the couch with his belt. And I'm yelling. I'm screaming. <laughs> and I think finally my sister came in after like two or three minutes. and's like, dad, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, my dad's like, don't show her your face. So my face is turned. And we told him a couple years later, but... It was awesome. So what my dad was trying to say is like, we got to have some grace for people. And I know that was kind of an artistic way to show grace. But just imagine this word grace this morning. Think about this. Grace is really unmerited favor. I could have probably been in trouble, right? We do things in life that, man, I, I really shouldn't have got out of that that easy, right? Um. The word grace is in the Bible 140 times. That's a lot of times. You know what word is more? 240 times is the word joy. But two, 140 times the word grace shows up in the Bible. We all think of grace a little bit differently, right? It depends on what church we grew up at. Come on. Depends on what church we grew up at, maybe, or what, how we learned about grace when we were kids. Some people think, well, grace is just a free card for people to sin, Right? They can, just, they can just do whatever they want. Some people are like, oh, it's grace, grace. Just let them do what they want to do, right? Let the kids do whatever they, no repercussions, grace. We all think of grace a little bit differently, right? Some of us think, oh, it's tolerance, right? We've got to tolerate this person. But grace in God's kingdom is really undeserved, unmerited favor. Really, because of our sin, we were destined for hell. But Jesus came and said, I'm, I'm going to go to the cross for them. And I'm going to give them grace. Something, grace is something that I can receive without paying for it. Right? It says in the Bible, for the wages of sin is death. Now, when I go get a job, the wage is not death usually, right? The wage is you earn something per hour or you have... You have um, you have a salary or something. But it says in the Bible, the wages of sin is death. That's what you earn for sinning. Everyone sins. But, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. It's grace. When you're in Jesus, you don't receive the wage of death any longer. When you have Jesus, you're not going to hell. You're, you have freedom from all of your past mistakes, freedom from all of your sin. Now, what God wants us to understand is there's nothing that we can do to earn or deserve grace. There's nothing. We can't buy it. You can't go to church so many times. Okay, I've been to church for one year in a row. Every Sunday. 
Now I get grace. Oh, I, I pay my tithe. I get grace. There's nothing you can do to buy or earn it. Nothing. It's given to you. It's a free gift. The best picture of grace is the cross. It says in the Bible, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Look what it says in Ephesians 1.7. In, in Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Jesus went to the cross and took all the sin on Himself, didn't He? By His blood we have that forgiveness of sin. Because of we, our sin, we're deserving of the opposite of grace, aren't we? But He said no. But Jesus, right? Grace means God moving heaven and earth to save sinners who could not lift a finger to save themselves. There's nothing that we could do to save ourselves. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Can we pray today? If you know your neighbor, grab their hand. Lord, we pray today that, that, that we would that we would listen, that we would hear from heaven today. That, Lord, we would have a better understanding of grace today. You'd speak to your church. You'd speak through me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Listen, I'm going to tell you a familiar story today. And I have told it before. I think about a year ago almost I told this story before. But this is a really important story to understand the Father's grace for us. So open up to Luke 15, 11 to 16. And I'm going to go pretty quick today. So if you miss the sermon notes, go online. Uh, you can hear the message again and write those down. But Luke 15, um, 11 to 16. Uh, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of the estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved. Everybody say moved. Moved to a distant land and there he wasted all his money in wild living. Listen, this son was the son of someone who had really everything in the land. He had anything that he ever needed with his dad. And he moved away and squandered everything. Verse 14, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man went, uh, sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that he even... That even the pods he was feeding the pig, pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. You know, when we're hungry, we will do just about anything, won't we? We'll eat what the pigs are eating. When we're hungry for what's that empty void in our heart, we'll do just about anything, right? You, you'll talk to someone who got hooked on, on drugs at some point in their life. What were they trying to do? There was something missing in their heart and they took to drugs. Or someone who was an alcoholic, I can't fill this on my own. I've got to fill it with something else. Or a, or a bad relationship. Or gam like excessive gambling. Whatever it is, we have this whole deep hole in our life and we try to fill it with everything. We try to put it, we try to push it in there. We try to, maybe it's things that aren't even bad. <laughs> maybe it's just way too much Netflix, right? Way too much. 
But we try to fill this and we say, at the end of the day, we're still not full of God. We're full of what I wanted to put in there. We're full of ourselves. This story of this young man who took his inheritance and ran away is really a story of all of us. It says in the Bible that we will be priests in God's kingdom. That Jesus doesn't call us uh, servants any longer. He calls us friends. We have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that we are the righteousness of Christ. But yet, we squander our life on foolish things. I do it too. We squander our life. We squander our time. And we... We say, well, God has some good things, but I think I can do better with, with what he's given me. Look what it says in Isaiah 53, 6. It's a perfect story of this young man and all of us at times. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. What's to say the end here? And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We all go astray. We're sheep. <laughs> we all go to our own thing. So my, one of my questions today is, do you remember your DNA? Do you remember where you came from? We talked about it earlier. The prison of sin. We're freed from that. Do you remember what God has brought you out of? Do you remember your testimony? Do you remember where you might be if you hadn't followed Jesus? Come on, church. Do you remember what you were like before? Before you receive the grace in Christ Jesus. Do you remember that? I don't think we remember enough. Because we get kind of it comfortable. Right? We get comfortable in our, in our Christianity. Say, oh, I'm, I'm good. And we don't, get, we don't get excited enough for the things of the Lord. Because, hey, that was a long time ago. Man, I love meeting people who have been Christians for less than a year because they're so on fire for Jesus, right? I want to tell my friends. I want to invite them to Easter. I want to do this. But man, you become a Christian 5, 10, 15, 50 years. You sometimes lose that excitement because you've been free so long that you forget what prison you came out of. We can't forget. We need to remember where we came from so we can be thankful for what he's brought us to. So I'm going to, I have three things today. What do we do with grace? I know that's kind of a crazy question. I'm going to go quickly through the first two. We chase it. Number one, we, ch we need to chase it. You know the father, you're going to learn a little bit more in this story. The father could have just said, okay. You wasted all the stuff I gave you. You went and did your own thing. But you know what? That father pursued grace. Do you think it was easy for him to welcome his son home? Maybe. If he had some grace. Why? Because he probably chased it. He said, I'm going to pursue grace. I want to be more like God. I want, to, I want to have the grace of the father. Number two, what do we do with grace? We need to face grace. Like, what do you mean? What's that mean? We need to face it. We need to recognize the truth of what grace is. We need to recognize it. The reality of grace. 
Look what it says here in Luke, just the next part of this story. When, the, when he finally came to his senses, the son, he said to himself, At home, I, even the hired servants had food enough to spare. And here I'm dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as your hired servant. So he had a plan. Hey, like, I'm not going to have any grace at home, so maybe I could just work, maybe I could just be a servant. Maybe I could just work the fields and I'd have enough food to take care of myself. Maybe I could just kind of do the, the stuff that they're doing. I think it's hard for a lot of us when we sin against people to forgive ourselves. Anybody like that other than me? Yeah. We, feel, we feel so ashamed of our sin that even when someone gives us grace, even when God gives us grace, we can't accept it. We can't face it. That, hey, I've got grace. And there's nothing I can do to, re, to, to make that grace happen, but I've got grace. I've got people who love me. I've got people who want to forgive me. I've got a Father in heaven who loves me, who calls me son, who calls me daughter, who calls me friend. Come on, church. I don't know about you, but that excites me. It says that, wow, where I came from, God brought me out of there. I have grace. And I think a lot of times, church, I'm going to dog on us a little bit, okay? We need to have more grace for people. We need to have more grace for people. That doesn't mean we accept sin. Guess what Jesus did? The woman caught in the very act of adultery, right? They came to stone her. Remember that story? They came to throw rocks at her. He said, those of you without sin, why don't you throw the cast of first stone? Nobody did it. They all went away. And Jesus got down and said, get up. Go and sin no more. He didn't say, hey, you're fine. He said, no, no. Go and sin no more. It doesn't mean, grace does not mean, come on, let's hear it for the record today. Grace does not mean we have to accept people's problems or sin. I'm not saying that today. But it does mean we need to love people. Because guess what? He first loved us. Come on. I think we need to be excited at church. Because he first loved us. I think we need to, to get down sometimes and say, listen, I've been there, done that. I've done that. I remember at youth, uh, called him Pastor Shannon the other day. Coach Shannon, he was, pre he was preaching at youth and he said, you know what's crazy is that someone sins and they do the exact same thing that we do. And we're like, oh, I can't believe they did that. We have more grace for ourselves sometimes than we do people around us. We need to have more grace for people. I think Christians need to be the most loving, caring, the most giving, the most gracious people on planet earth. Why? Because our example is Jesus and that's who he was and that's what he does in our life. Imagine this son. He can't face it. He can't face grace. He's just like, well, there's, I'm just going to go home and, and I, at least I can at least I can do some of the work around and, and get some food and I won't cause any issues. I'll just be one of the servants. What do we do with grace? Number three, embrace it. Just like, kind of like Day-Day with the, not, the bear. Embrace it. 
Look what Luke 15 verse 20 says. So he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Do you think that that young man thought when he was coming along the road that that was going to happen? I don't think so. He was expecting something different because he couldn't face it that someone would have some undeserved undes- uh, grace for him. Right? Look what it says down, the, down here in 21. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I'm no longer worthy. He still can't face it. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I think a lot of times, church, we think the same thing. We think we've gone so far, we've sinned so much, we've made so many mistakes that we're so ashamed that we think God's going to strike us with with lightning or whatever. But look what it says. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. We have to accept it, church. That God has an unending grace for His church. That doesn't mean we we take it lightly. That doesn't mean we say, oh, I'm going to stay in my prison of sin. No. That means God has grace for us. He has forgiveness for us. He has eternity for us. If we have grace, doesn't that mean, if you receive something, doesn't that mean you can give it? We need to give grace more. We need to be also a church that gives it, gives grace. I think we're too hard on people. You know what the Bible talks about? The Bible says forgive 70 times 7, right? 490 times. Do you think that that's really it? It's like, okay, 491, you're not forgiven anymore. Go away from me. (laughs) I think if you have to count the times you forgive somebody, then you probably have never forgiven them. So I think today we need to forgive some people. I I think we need to give the gift of, of grace to some people around us that we haven't been. We've been kind of just, we need, to, we need to give some grace. We need to forgive some people. Just after where it said 70 times 7, in that story, uh, Matthew goes on to tell a story of a 
a leader, a king who was like, okay, I'm getting all my creditors, or sorry, all the people who owe me money, I'm going to get them to pay me back now. I'm I'm done with this. So he brings one guy in, and it's over a million dollars in our current money now that he owes them. And the guy gets on his hands and knees and says, forgive me, forgive me. And you know what? The king forgave all of his debt. Guess what? The guy leaves. And when he gets out, one of his fellow servants, he sees him as he's leaving. The guy who got all the money forgiven, he said, Hey, you owe me money. And he told him whatever amount of money you owed him. And the guy's like, I don't have the money. Started choking him, started giving him a hard time. Said, you owe me money. So you know what? Finally, the king brought him in and said, listen, I had grace on you. I forgave your debt, yet you're asking that this guy, you, you've been forgiven, you've, you have grace, you can't share it with somebody else. He said, listen, I'm going to ask for all the money. <laughs> we need to be a church. We've been given so, we, we've been given so much grace from our Heavenly Father our Creator. Why can we not share it with somebody else? I believe we can. I believe we're a people who say, we love you, Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you for showing me grace. Help me to show it to others. Let's stand all over the the room this morning. got an announcement to make today. Is this thing on? I got an announcement to make. God has forgiven you if you've asked him. He has grace for you. You know are no longer called servant, you're called friend. It's time to embrace your savior. It's time to embrace the grace that he has for you. It's time to embrace the freedom that he's given you. It's time to tell the devil to go packing and say, I'm not going to be in that prison any longer. I'm going to forgive my friends. I'm going to forgive the people who have hurt me because I'm going to embrace grace. I'm going to embrace the freedom that Jesus given me and I'm going to give grace to everybody around me. Let's close our eyes all over the room. challenge for you today. Don't take grace for granted. It's something that we can totally take for granted. That God's grace. One day that grace turns in to judgment. There'll be a day where we'll have to take account. Look what it says in 1 Peter. For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who never obeyed God's good news, who's never accepted Him as their Savior? 
And also, if the righteousness are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to God who created you, for He will never fail you. When you stand before the Lord, He's going to say, come on in. Welcome home, son and daughter. He's going to embrace you. Not because of what you've done, because, but because of who you put first, and that's Jesus. If you have never called on the Lord for salvation, would you, if you want to today, would you put your hand up and say, I want to follow Jesus today. Thank you. Anyone else? Salvation is now. It's time. God wants to say, welcome home. Anybody else? Thank you. Let's pray this together. Lord, thank you for today. We love you. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Help me to accept your grace. Help me to give your grace. Lead me by your Holy Spirit. Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise today.